Chapter Nineteen of The Rover Boys in Camp by Arthur M. Winfield. The Slipperbox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Nineteen: A Storm in Camp. Say, fellows, are we all going up in a balloon? Cried Sam Rover as he rolled off his cot in a great hurry. One whole side of the tent was loose, and the structure was in danger of tumbling down on the inmates' heads help came from the next tent i'm being smothered that's lou flap said a cadet what's up now flap he called out no answer came back and now canvases could be heard ripping in all directions fasten down the pegs came the order fasten them down quick the cadets were already at work and sam and his tent mates set at their task with a will realizing that every moment was precious while one student held the peg upright the other would pound it down into the wet ground with a hammer or the back of a spade the confounded pegs won't hold cried out one cadet there she goes and the next instant the tent went flying skyward to land on another tent some distance away it was still raining cats dogs and hammer handles as tom rover expressed it all was dark the only light being that given forth by the lantern which had not been blown out occasionally came a flash of lightning followed by the distant rolling of thunder that is one of the real comforts of camp life said songbird powell sarcastically so much nicer than being under the roof of the hall you know never mind songbird you need a washing off at least once a year replied a fellow sufferer a minute later came another yell from lou flapp he and his tent-mates had tried in vain to hold down their canvas now it went up with a rush one of the peg ropes caught around flap's leg and he was dragged over the wet ground with his head splashing into every pool of water that he passed help me i'll be killed roared the tall youth the tent was blowing along the company street and half a dozen cadets ran to the rescue tom with them some leapt on the canvas while others held flap then the rope was cut with a knife what a fearful wind groaned the tall boy when he could speak this is the worst storm i ever saw oh but i'm sorry i ever came to camp groaned william philander tubbs i'm so wet the water is actually running out of my shoe-tops say a word came from hans i dink me i have a rifle floating mine pack-pon town already of this keeps on much longer der whole camp was in der swim ain't it i reckon we're in the swim already broke in sam some of us had better bring the rowboats up the high wind lasted for fully half an hour and during that time six of the tents were literally blown to ribbons while many others suffered to a lesser extent a quarter of the shelters laid flat in the mud and nothing could be done with these until the wind went down it's the worst blow i have seen since we have held our encampments was captain putnam's comment and he and the teachers went around with lanterns to aid the students as much as they could by three o'clock in the morning the storm was over and the stars began to peep forth from behind the clouds as tired as they were the cadets had to set to work to put up the tents and arrange their cots as best they could campfires were lit in half a dozen places and the students huddled around these to dry themselves and get warm 
i guess this is a touch of real army life said dick and i must say i don't like it overly much we'll have to make the best of it dick answered tom who had come over to see how his brother was getting along how is sam oh he is all right although as wet as any of us this storm reminds me of the one we experienced when in the jungles of africa went on the eldest rover do you remember how it blew tom indeed i do was the answer as tom's mind went back to that thrilling experience as related in the rover boys in the jungle on the following day the cadets were glad enough to remain in camp cleaning out their tents and drying the things that had become wet but the storm was a thing of the past and the sun shone as brightly as ever big fires were kept burning and hot coffee could be had whenever wanted so scarcely anybody suffered from the drenching received the storm had somewhat disarranged the plans made by flap rockley and their particular cronies but two days later flap rockley and pender got permission to go to the village of oakville two miles distant one to buy some corn salve he said he wanted and the others to do a little trading the boys had collected nine dollars from various members of their crowd and this was to be spent for liquor cigars and for several packs of cards all of these things were to be smuggled to the hermit's den pender had discovered we can get enough to last us during the encampment said flap and then we can have a good time whenever we wish and captain putnam will never suspect what is going on it did not take the cadets long to reach oakville a pretty place located among the hills there were a dozen stores a blacksmith's shop two churches and perhaps fifty houses beyond were farms in a state of high cultivation showing that the inhabitants of that section were thrifty people this town is about as slow as cedarville observed pender as they walked up the single street how folks can idle their lives away in such a place is what gets me they don't know anything of the joys of city life returned flap some of these people have never seen the inside of a real theatre as might be expected the unworthy cadets lost no time in entering one of the taverns located in oakville and here flap treated then after cigars or cigarettes had been lit they proceeded to buy the things desired for the den laying in quite a stock ain't ye said the tavern keeper oh we are getting this for the whole crowd replied pender carelessly but say he asked suddenly what is it we don't want you to say anything about our buying this stuff all right i'll be mum answered the tavern keeper from the tavern they proceeded to the general store where they purchased the packs of cards and a few other things while they were making their purchases two girls came in with a market basket between them one was tall and thin and the other short and rather stout yet the girls looked very much alike and were noticeably pretty fine girls whispered flap to rockley nudging his companion in the ribs yes was the answer and rockley began to smile openly on the new arrivals as the girls did not appear to notice this he drew closer and tipped his hat fine day after the storm he said smoothly yes very said the taller of the girls and turned away i suppose you belong in oakville put in lou flapp to the smaller girl yes answered the girl and turned away to join her companion we are up to the camp on pine island went on rockley following the girls up 
have you ever been there once said the taller girl and began to purchase some articles from the clerk behind the counter you ought to come and take a look at our camp continued flapp it's a real interesting sight all the girls are welcome said pender feeling he must say something we'd be willing to show you the way at any time added rockley and placed his hand on the arm of one of the girls please let me be said the girl and walked away a moment later she left the store and her companion went with her my but they were shy laughed pender rockley you didn't make any impression at all nor you either flap <laughs> wonder who they are murmured lou flap let's ask the storekeeper and find out those girls are twins said the proprietor of the establishment twins cried rockley they didn't look it not by their difference in sizes but they did in looks said pender what are their names the tall one is alice staton and the other is helen staton their father is the local constable although he runs a big farm for a living do they come here often pretty often but they are very shy girls and don't hardly speak to anybody they are both studying to be school teachers in the meantime helen staton and her sister alice were hurrying down the main street of oakville with flushed cheeks i don't think those cadets were very nice said helen certainly they were not very good-looking replied alice and i thought they smelt a little of liquor the idea of their saying they would show us the way to the camp i guess papa can drive us there if we want to go i'd like to see it but i shouldn't want to go with those boys went on alice perhaps papa can take us said helen but come we promised mamma we'd hurry back as soon as we could to get home the two girls had to walk for a considerable distance along the road leading to bass lake on the way they passed the farm of one isaac clem a man who took great pride in his poultry and his cattle clem had forty cows and two bulls which were worth a good deal of money one of the bulls a black vicious-looking fellow was tied up in a small lot at the corner of the farm the girls were just walking past this lot when helen happened to glance over her shoulder and set up a cry of alarm oh alice mr clem's black bull is loose where helen queried her twin sister there he is at the fence see he is trying to get over the fence she mentioned was of stones piled loosely one on top of the other the bull was striking at the stones with his front hoofs soon some came down and then the animal leapt out into the roadway then he gave a snort and looked at the girls curiously now as ill luck would have it each of the twins were a red shirtwaist this color enraged the bull and with a wild snort he lowered his horns and rushed at the pair as if to gore them through and through End of chapter 19